strength training actually have different phases. The strength training, the basic strength training will help you to avoid injury. But as you keep going harder and harder, when you become more and more advanced runner, the speed work is so hard. You actually have to level up the strength training as well. Are you constantly worried about getting injured or you don't know how to get faster as a runner and you want to continue to run for stress relief, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, the only place that provides you with training tips, injury recovery, and prevention tools with actionable strategies by experts in the running industry so you can develop a stronger running body and feel confident that you can overcome any obstacle as a runner. I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty, avid runner, running physical therapist and coach, educator, founder of Spark Healthy Runner, where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you've been told to stop running with an injury or you think coaching is just for fast runners. Learn more about our signature coaching program at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com. Every week on the show, we coach you to grow as a runner, just like the process of building a strong, durable home that will last a lifetime requiring little maintenance. The design and planning is your mindset. The foundation is your strength training. The framing is your run plan. The electrical and plumbing is your nutrition. The insulation, drywall, and flooring is your recovery. The landscaping and exterior is your race strategy. If you master the six parts of growing as a runner, your running will be strong and last long, hitting PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Every week, we help a runner just like you build their dream home. I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Now let's take a quick pause from this episode in which I hope you are finding value from to talk about safety because it should be a top concern for every runner. Have you got the right running safety gear? Whether you're heading out the door for a quick easy run or logging a long run that you need to start super early before the sun rises or you finish super late after the sun goes down, Knox gear keeps you lit up from all angles so you are visible by cars. Their signature product, the Tracer 2, keeps you visible while you run by pairing powerful multicolor LED fiber optics with ultra-reflective 3M patterns and fluorescence. Knox Gear's new Tracer lamp lights your path and boosts your visibility that attaches directly to the buckle of your tracer, eliminating the need to use a headlamp anymore because let's be honest, who loves that bouncing feeling on your head when you're running? Just use the code HEALTHYRUNNER during checkout when placing your order at knoxgear.com to receive 35% off your order. Go ahead and give Knox Gear a try. Trust me, we recommend it to all of our healthy runners in our coaching program, and you will never feel more confident that you are safe while running. Now let's get back into this episode. Are you about to embark on marathon training? 
This could be your first marathon, or you could be an experienced marathoner, but you're still looking for ways to either crush a PR by running faster or, or actually complete the marathon training cycle without needing to miss workouts because you suffered a stubborn injury that seems to always creep back up. You want to learn the secret that is helping runners crush their marathon race, feeling stronger than ever. Spoiler alert, the secret is following these 12 marathon training mistakes. Welcome to episode 179 on the Healthy Runner Podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. I have Coach Lou back on the show from our Healthy Runner coaching team to share all of his knowledge, experience, and wisdom about the top mistakes you need to avoid during your marathon training so you can not only crush your race, but enjoy lifelong injury-free running after the race. Coach Lou, you know how we do this. Give all the new listeners in our community a little bit about yourself and let us know why you love to run. Okay, I'm Coach Lou. I'm a run coach as part of the Spark Healthy Runner team. I'm a personal trainer. I'm also a coach in the Ben Run Club in Boston. And Ben Run Club is uh, of about 100 people, but more than half of them are running Boston over and over again. It's a pretty dedicated club. And a lot of them are Boston volunteers, too. Yeah, so shout out to the Ben Running Club in the Boston area. Um, and tell us, how, how many marathons have you run personally yourself, Lou? I ran 15 marathons and two ultras, two ultra relays, a couple half marathons, probably not as much as marathons. And of all these 15 marathons, I did marathon in 12 states. And here are all the medals. Yeah, I, I love your medal rack. And you got three <laughs> three Bostons behind you. And you're definitely uh, checking off a lot of those states on the map uh, to your goal of 50 marathons. Um, so you are an experienced marathoner. Like, you're not like myself that's run two. You know, I'm going to be running my third this year in 2023. But... You've done this before. You've uh, run this yourself uh, many, many times. And, you know, tell us how many athletes do you think you've actually coached um, to meet their marathon dreams and make them a reality? I coach runners for all distances. Um, about 50 runners with various distances, but about 30 marathon runners. Yeah, a big chunk of them the marathon runners. Yeah, so you definitely are experienced from a uh, programming side as well, and you've coached many different types of runners um, mm -hmm. to you know be able to get to that twenty six point two finish line. Uh, you know, and that's why I wanted to really bring you on the show today when I was thinking about this topic as we're embarking on marathon training. You know. I wanted to really cover this of like, what are the most important things that we need to avoid as runners as we really get into the training? So not so much from a race standpoint and race mm -hmm. execution, but 
as we get you know into this 16 20 maybe even 24 weeks of kind of marathon training you know what are the the things that we really need to avoid so that's why i really wanted to bring you back on the show to talk about this topic. And for those that don't know, um, I am Dr. Dwayne Scotty. I'm a running physical therapist and coach. And us at Spark Healthy Runner have given hundreds upon hundreds of runners a plan for getting stronger and faster without injury during their marathon training. And this specific training today, well, we are going to share our top tips on what to avoid in your marathon training so you don't make the same mistake many runners make when deciding to train for a marathon and our plan will work for you all you need to do is really stay tuned follow these tips that coach lou is going to share next you need to take action and implement these into your specific training so you can't just learn and listen but you actually need to implement and do and then lastly what we ask is that you share this with a running friend who has been frustrated with getting injured every time they train for a marathon or they're wondering why their marathon times are not getting any faster. And if you don't do the three things that I just outlined, what's gonna happen is you're gonna continue to like be frustrated that every time you train for a marathon, you don't have the quote unquote fitness, right? Or you get injured, or you're not getting any faster on race day, and you just think you're getting too old for running. So there are six parts of your running journey that need to be optimized so you can run strong and last long. What are those parts? Mindset, strength training, run plan, nutrition, recovery, and your race strategy. And when you execute these six key parts of your running journey, you'll not only feel more confident in getting stronger and faster, you'll stay healthy and enjoy the process of running again and crush some marathons. So Coach Lou's 12 marathon training mistakes to avoid is not only going to relate to the run plan bucket, you will notice, but we're going to also be filling your mindset, strength training, nutrition, and recovery buckets as well. And if you want to learn more about our six key parts to optimize your running journey, you can download your free copy of our How to Grow as a Runner framework. Just go to learn.spark healthyrunner.com forward slash grow or click the link wherever you are watching or listening to this training. So Coach Lou, I'm excited to get into this. I want to know what is the first marathon training mistake that we want to avoid? The marathon training all start, we start with mind. We will say that's physical, but it also always begin begins in the mind so the first thing i want to mention is that in a way early in the goal setting phase before you even start training how do you set a goal do you set a goal based on your your target an arbitrary target for example i want to break four hours regardless of however your current vision is just, oh, I like to break four hours because it's cool. Or because someone, your colleague has done that uh, and that looks, you hang out all the time, you feel, oh, if he can do that, I can do that too. Right. So in the goal, in the goal set, setting, you want to start with that. So we want to 
you, you, you want to set a goal that's for you, not for others. So do not compare with others. Set a goal that's for you. All right. So, so I think from what I heard here is in this goal setting phase, you kind of really shared like two mistakes to avoid. The first mistake to avoid is choosing your plan based on some arbitrary target level of I'm going to run a sub four hour marathon. I'm going to run a sub 345 marathon, sub 330, right? Like whatever that arbitrary target versus what your current level of fitness is. And then number two is really comparing yourself to others, others. right? Or your or, younger self. Or your younger self. Yeah. So maybe someone who hasn't run a marathon in five years, 10 years, 15 years. I've had clients, right, who have kind of taken a hiatus as they've had like two children, three four, five, like the latest client, she's got five kids because she hasn't run a marathon in, I think it's like 15 years now. Um, so kind of comparing yourself to like what you did like 15 years ago. Yes. All right. All right. And even probably, you know, comparing yourself to others that, oh, if, you know, a friend of yours who you maybe casually go for runs with on Tuesday and Thursday mornings, they right. ran a, 350 marathon like you should be able to do that too right? right all right it's good to have a high goal but really don't be dragged into comparison and i'll say do not just choose a plan based on your target choose a plan based on your current business start from where you are and build up to whatever you can. Yeah. So having what I'm hearing is realistic goals, yes. right? And and not just having that pie in the sky, and you know, not just making this goal be a hard goal because you can do hard things, and you know, you want to run this sub four hour marathon because it just sounds good, or you know, other runners who have done it, and you quote unquote will be classified as a faster marathon or and you can make that time whatever you want by the way right it's all arbitrary it's all relative um but making making smart goals and 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 something that's realistic for what you run um recently right mm -hmm. okay all right so those first two marathon training mistakes to avoid really relate to goal setting the next mm -hmm. grouping that you have in um, your list that you're going to share really relates to kind of designing the right marathon plan for you. So what's yeah. that first mistake we want to avoid um, when designing the plan? Again, that's a peer pressure thing. You may or may not. That influence everywhere in every phase in planning in the plan building so you look at someone else like elite kipchoge's plan oh he's doing 100 miles a week and i want to be kipchoge i want to run 100 miles a week but he has some talent there and he's four-time athlete and he's as a whole team supporting it's 
just start with what you are and do not just copy someone else's plan and do exactly the same thing you may end up injure yourself yeah we so, want to be healthy runners yes we do indeed um and Kipchoge is human now, right? Because he didn't win the latest Boston Marathon. So, but however, that doesn't mean that we can do the same training that Kipchoge does, right? No, no. <laughs> um, but what I'm also hearing is like, I'm just thinking about a lot of our runners who do go for, you know, some of their daily runs with their friends. And, you know, let's say you and like Tara or you and Barb, they like to run with, um, you know, Barb's doing an advanced marathon training plan or barb's doing an intermediate marathon training plan and just because you run with her a couple times a week doesn't mean that that advanced marathon training plan or that intermediate marathon training plan is right for you right because you and barb yeah. might be in different parts of your running journey so not letting um, peer pressure influence the plan right or if barb's like you know what i'm running this marathon like i'm going to get you to sign up with me and she's like convincing you, right? She's like, I need someone. I need an accountability partner. Um, I'd love our chats during our run. And I just need a friend to like do this with. So you're going to do this with me, sign up for the race. And then I found us a plan. So, you know, we're going to do this plan that I found, right? Like how many of you guys probably can relate to that story, right? So this is actually a mistake to avoid. So this is number three, mistake to avoid is not letting peer pressure influence your plan selection or design and remember we stated our original goals was mm -hmm. to be able to complete your marathon feeling good feeling strong not getting injured and getting the best outcome possible right it's not to establish a you know really deeper relationship and friendship with barb I don't know who Barb is, but that name just popped in my head. Um, it is to actually accomplish those marathon goals of yours. All right. So what is your fourth marathon training mistake to avoid, Coach? Before I get into that, I'll say running friends are great. I love running friends. I like running community. But when you are training, you want to train your own um, based on your own fitness. So the fourth one is no base building. That's the other thing. A lot of internet plans, you said you search marathon running plan and 18 weeks, 16 weeks, 12 weeks. Go directly into speed work, long runs, with, which I call long run with spice, that you have some speed work in the middle of long run. They are cool, but they all assume that you have been running consistently for a few weeks. With a pretty strong, we say that we call that base. You are do, doing strength training consistently, and so you are less prone to injury. Then you are ready to do that. We are not saying you just come out from even if you run a couple of marathons and then you take say two months off. Then you just follow the sixteen week plan with nothing in between. No, no, no. Base building. We need it. All right. So mistake to avoid not having base building. And we've done a full training on base building updates actually this year. So if you guys check out episode 168 in the Healthy Runner podcast, you will get exactly what base training is, what Coach Lou is talking about. Hopefully you're listening to this episode before you're actually starting 
marathon training because you need to complete the base building first um, before actually jumping into a marathon. So if you found this and you were considering signing up for a marathon, but you realize, hey, I haven't run the last two or three months. And before you actually think of signing up for a marathon 16 weeks from now, uh, consider listening to the base building episode and maybe delay that marathon race of yours for another four months, six months, eight months even. All right. So not doing the base building. All right. So mm -hmm. what is your fifth marathon training mistake to avoid? That's still in our big category of the plan designing category, mistake category. And this one will be no cutback week. What is cutback week? Every time we progress during training or fitness increase, so the intensity gets higher and higher. But at some point, every three or four weeks of hard training, we want to add, or even five, six, depends. We want to add one week of mostly just easy runs and a lot less, we reduce the mileage too. The key for this is that as you keep going, yes, your fitness increase, but there's an underlying fatigue that keeps building up and you want to rest a little bit that will help you to get stronger in the next cycles which by this cycle i mean before the next cutback phase say if you have five weeks hard training 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 you cut it back when you cut back your fitness is still growing but then what you want to do is that during the cutback week the fatigue start to go down and then you're ready for the next one yeah, so this is this is an important one, and I think this is one that many runners forget about because they think about they're training for a marathon and they need to build up to 26.2 miles. And you kind of think, hey, if I'm training for a marathon, like each week I need to get better and better. I need to run further and further. And I need to progress my long runs. I need to progress my weekly mileage. So when Coach Lou's talking about these cutback weeks, we're really referring to not only your weekly mileage, but also your long runs. And so thinking about those weeks that they're not lost weeks, they're not, it's not like you're going to regress in your fitness, but what coach Lou is saying is that these are actually essential to allow your body to recover for a week, maintain your fitness where it is. So then the following week you take that next step up. So you know, sometimes if you envision a staircase, right, it's not a matter of going up, let's say your staircase was like 16 steps and you're doing a 16 week plan, you know, on that staircase, there's going to be a couple of platforms. It's not just going to be 16 steps that are equal, like, you know, in depth, you might get, you're going to go up four steps and then there's a little platform where the following week you stay where you are or slightly come down in order to go back up. So these cutback weeks are essential in, in really keeping us healthy, especially, especially, especially um, if you're, I was gonna say Lou, especially if you're a beginner marathon runner, but then I, I was thinking, I'm like, if you're any marathon runner, because if you're not a beginner, you're more advanced and you're even doing harder, faster, like speed work sessions, you're doing those long runs with spice that you like to call them. So your training is actually a lot harder. So you even need the cutback weeks 
even more, you know? So <laughs> I, I think everyone pretty much listening to this needs to really embrace the cutback week. Would you agree? Yes, definitely. All right. All right. So we are uh, at number five. So what's number six marathon training mistake to avoid? It's kind of related to the last one, but more specific about too much speed work. You want to avoid it because the body needs to recover. There's this principle, 80-20 principle, which means of all the mileage, let's say 40 miles a week, 20%, only 20% should be hard work. All the 80% should be easy runs. And by by the 20%, I mean only the hard runs during the workout. For example, if you do three-mile tempo with two miles warm-up and one-mile cool-down, only three miles, so half of it is the speed work. So you count that towards the weekly 20%. So if you have 40 times 20% is eight. So that belongs, that's three, and you have five miles hard. Maybe you can include that in in the long run as a spice. Yep. But don't do more than that because the body just doesn't recover fast enough. We And so if you do more than that, your body will... That, that means you probably do not do the 20% hard enough. You don't have a sufficient car, um, recovery to do the speed work really um, the, the way we want. Or you're, you just pull, you just fight through and then get injured. So 28, 20%, 80%, 20% of speed work. Do not right. do more than that. All right. So not doing um, too much speed work or doing too much speed work is a mistake to avoid. Gotcha on that point. So what's number seven? This one, you like it. No yes. strength training. <laughs> yeah. So not including strength training, right? Uh, it's it going to be super, super important to really build that resiliency in the body so it can tolerate the demands of marathon training. Um, I think everyone's probably heard my take on it, but, uh, you know, what's, what's your take and what's your philosophy with strength training, uh, coach Lou? Strength training actually have different phases. The strength training, the basic strength training will help you to avoid injury. But as you keep going harder and harder, when, when you become more and more advanced runner, the speed work is so hard. You actually have to level up the strength training as well. Yeah, so um, to tolerate the demands of the the faster running and the speed work. Hard runs, yes. Love so that's it. That's my point. That strength training help you 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 build resistance to the injuries, and it kind of grow as your hard training, as you as you intensely get harder. But it kind of, but you also have to balance because strength training is also stress on your body. You want to you want to arrange it during the week so you don't do a super super hard strength training and then the next day you have a hard workout you probably will not be able to do that very well so you want to arrange it well so that you can do both strength training and recover enough and then do that workout right perfect all right 
I hope you are enjoying this episode and it is providing value for you. I wanted to take a brief moment to share a story of a real runner like you who is struggling with a common problem that you may be facing. Here is one of our athletes who got the guidance, support, and accountability from our Healthy Runner coaching team to get clarity and structure on the six steps to growing as a runner with personalized strength, nutrition, and run plans. I hope their story inspires you that there is hope to either get over your running injury or to continue getting faster or running longer so you can continue to get in those mental clearing miles and enjoy your running journey again. Here is their inspiring story. Hi there, my name is Jason and I want to take a minute to tell you about my experience with Spark Healthy Running and the Healthy Runner Coaching Program. So I found Dr. Scotty uh, via a Spotify podcast searching for Achilles tendonitis. I had been battling it for about four months leading into the New York Marathon last year uh, and it made my training uh, not fun and it certainly had an impact on my performance and I couldn't get rid of the Achilles tendonitis. I then had shoulder surgery and was out for 12 weeks. And when I came back, the Achilles issues were still there. So I reached out to Dr. Scotty and signed up for his four week program. Uh, And over that four weeks, uh, he coached me through the ups and downs, um, but everything that he said would happen, happened. Uh, My Achilles pain went from a six, seven to uh, roughly a zero over the four weeks. Um, the strength training comport, uh, portion of the program uh, put me in a place where I feel stronger as a runner than I ever have. My hips, my legs, uh, across my, my body and my form, I feel in a much stronger uh, position. Um, and, and mostly, you know, it, it, dis- it created a level of discipline in my training that I hadn't had in the past. So um, while it was, uh, I was a little bit sticker shock from the price of the program, that price actually led me to being more disciplined and taking the uh, program very, very seriously and staying committed. Uh, And I couldn't be more pleased with the results. Um, I'm running faster, I'm running stronger than I ever have, uh, and now am in a great position to train for my next marathon. So thank you to Dr. Scotty uh, and the Spark Healthy Running team. And uh, that's it for me. I hope sharing that story inspired you and provided you some hope If you want the one-on-one structure, accountability, and support from our Healthy Runner coaching team of experts, check out the the behind-the-scenes video tour of our signature coaching program you just heard about, including other stories from runners who are just like you and were struggling with the same sticking points before they signed up for our program. Just head to learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com to learn more and book your strategy call with me today. Now let's get back into this episode. So now, so all of those kind of mistakes so far, so we've we've shared seven with you now. We've really talked about two of them were with goal setting. And then we really covered, let's see, five marathon mm-hmm. training mistakes to avoid that really um, spoke to the design of your plan and how we design the marathon training plan. So now the last couple or the next couple, I should say, um, mm-hmm. the next four really relate to executing the plan, right? And and now you're in the training. So yeah. what is uh, marathon training mistake number eight? This one is related to 
not listening to your body. Sometimes we get super motivated, which is good, but you also want to listen to your body. If you're not feeling very well, you shouldn't really push through. If you are sick, then the plan says, I have a hard run there. And you just push through and you try to follow the plan 100%, then that's not 100% good for you because the plan will pre-build. And it, when you build a plan, either it's, even if it's a customized plan, things will come up. And if you don't listen to your body, you injure yourself. If you have a coach, then that you tell the coach and then you can make changes. Listen to your body. Yeah, so not, list not listening to it is a mistake. So listen to your body. Yeah, and I would also add to that, like not being flexible enough to modify the plan to your mm -hmm. unique needs. And there's so many of us runners that are type A, me included. And you you get it in your head and you're stubborn, right? Like I'm a stubborn Italian over here, um, that you're just gonna go for it. And and sometimes that's the worst thing you can do. And quite frankly, that's usually the cause of the majority of injured runners I see. Um, when we trace back to when their injury started, it was usually missing some of these signs that were happening in their training. And they continued to push through when they were sick, like you were saying, or they were under a very stressful condition. They were doing a lot of travel. They didn't get good sleep, right? All of those things are going to um, affect how you feel. So you really need to listen to your body and... Also, I love the point that you brought up of, you know, even with a customized plan written for you, mm -hmm. that plan will need to be modified because it's dynamic. It's yes. ever changing because you're a human and things happen in life and you need to make sure that they're modified. And that is why I feel very passionate and strongly about how we work with runners is not you know, just giving, writing different plans for folks, because we know this is one of the mistakes. Like we've seen many runners who come to us after they've made these mistakes and want clarity on it through our coaching program. And it is making those, I like to call them like in-game decisions. And it's mm -hmm. the decision-making process of, okay. And actually this literally just happened um, yesterday. I'm looking at my calendar here yesterday at a runner who was traveling, she went to Hawaii and she mm -hmm. was coming back and she admitted she was completely exhausted. She's jet lagged. She went right back to work the day that she actually came back and physically, mentally exhausted, did a ton of hiking out in Hawaii, amazing views, all of that. But we needed to modify what I had planned for her a couple of weeks back because yeah, I wasn't planning on that happening, right? So we need to listen to our bodies. We need to be flexible enough to modify it and be okay with that. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're not going, if you don't follow the plan to the T, you're not going to meet your marathon goal. And oftentimes this is critical in you actually meeting your goal is to actually modify the plan. So I love this one, Lou. Obviously, you can see I'm very passionate about it because it is a common, a common, common training mistake, sticking point 
that I see with so many runners who, um, you know, come to us for clarity or they're coming after they get an injury during marathon training. All right. So what is uh, tip number nine or marathon mistake uh, training to avoid? This one, we've been talking about that in almost every podcast, from every guest, <laughs> running easy runs too fast. So easy runs, as we said, just a few questions before, should be 80% of the of your weekly mileage. And what do you mean by easy runs? We use RPE, but if that's too technical, easy run should be in general two to three minutes slower your, than your marathon pace, which is also depending on your current fitness, not your goal marathon pace. Record our first mistake. So easy run should be two to three minutes slower than your marathon pace. If you just look at someone's Java and someone run, oh, they're running say nine minutes per mile and on on most days because that's the easy runs and oh i can do nine minutes per mile i'll do that every day and i can just run as fast as him but the thing you didn't know is that they go to race they run seven minutes per mile and then the easy day they do nine minutes per mile but then when they train hard they they run way harder. So you shouldn't just compare to someone else's plan, someone's run, and then take that, their easy run, as your easy run, because you are at a different fitness level. Yeah, um, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, this is such a common mistake, and it's one that I think for some of us, you know, you look at the number and you feel like you're not a runner if fill in the blank if you don't run less than a 12 minute pace less than no, an 11 no, minute no. pace less than a 10 minute pace and for some reason that gets in people's heads and it even sometimes is an initial goal for people of mm -hmm. what's your goal i want to run less than a 10 minute pace for all of my runs mm -hmm. well well why like that's why? not you know if you want to do this for longevity we actually need to keep it in the RPE level that you're at. And like you mentioned, rating of perceived exertion. Mm -hmm. And we really got into a deep dive on this topic with Coach LaToya in episode 174 in the Healthy Runner podcast. So we'll definitely link that one in. Um, but this is such a common mistake. And especially mm -hmm. for marathon training, like this can be like detrimental, really, yeah. really to your growth, um, your fitness and you really just got to check the ego at the door and embrace it and like coach lou just said your easy days your easy run should be two to three minutes slower than your marathon pace and mm -hmm. it this is true tried tested like many yeah. people run marathons two to three minutes faster than what they do the majority of their runs during the week and it, it's as a, especially as a beginner, you don't realize that. And you're like, how am I ever going to run an eight minute pace on, you know, marathon race day if all of my runs are in the tens? Like, and I, 
I guess I understand that. Not, you know, if I just take my like primitive brain here and take away the run coaching side of things and everything that I've learned, um, you know, during my running journey, mm-hmm. but it, it, it will happen. Trust us. Right. Like coach, Luzette, he's, yourself, he's yeah. run 15 plus marathons has helped 60 plus people like train for a marathon. All of them have run their easy runs two to three minutes slower than their marathon pace. And I like to just give numbers, for example, like myself. And I always get comments on this when I do races because I'll like, you know, post whatever the time was, the pace. So for me, my half marathon time is like an eight minute pace around there. You know, marathon is going to be 815, 820, 825, whatever, you know, we're kind of using around that ballpark. But my easy runs are in the 10 to 11 minute range. And if I have a really hard week where I'm really extending out my speed work, it's it's harder for me. Or I'm doing those long runs with spice with some faster miles in there. Those easy runs that week are even slower and yes. I'm embracing it. And I know it's critical, critical for recovery, critical to keep you healthy during your marathon training build. So such an important one. Sorry, don't mean to like totally rant on this one. Go listen to episode 174 with Coach Latoya. You'll get the deep dive on, on the easy run. Um, so let's Thank get you. to the 10th. The 10th uh, marathon training mistake to avoid is what, Coach Lou? The 10th mistake is to ignore recovery, which kind of related to other things we mentioned about. If you run the easy run too fast, you cannot recover enough. So ignoring recovery. Recovery doesn't just mean easy runs, but also sleep and life stress. Life stress is stress. It's real. And do your foam rolling, massage gun, massage, all kind of things. Yeah, life life stress is, uh, you know, turns into physical stress. And it's all connected, emotional stress. Um, we just talked about this with Stephanie Flippin, actually. Uh, emotional stress leads to physical stress. And it will impact your training. And it will impact your recovery. And I think especially, and this is something that I really, you know, found super helpful um during training for my second marathon um last fall was doubling down on the recovery and not skipping out on you know my foam rolling my soft tissue care that i like to call it um taking care of my feet like really you know making sure after those long runs when you know the feet are sore like they're heavy you've been on your feet for a long time you're going to be out there for three you know two and a half to three hours pretty much for like those longer long runs, right? When you're marathon training. So, you know, making sure you are taking care of your feet, you're doing whatever recovery tools that you have in your toolbox, you're maybe getting massages, you know, you're using your percussion gun, your foam roller a lot, you're elevating your feet, maybe you're using compression socks a little bit more often. Um, All of those things are super critical when you're marathon training. Like you should be implementing them because recovery bucket is one of our six steps to growing as a runner. So like all of us should do it all throughout the year, but especially during marathon training time, you need to double down on this. And it is super important to get you through the training and beyond, right? So you're not, you know, winding up 
you run your race and then you're going to rehab and you need to get rehabbed for an injury now. Um, you know, you recover from your race and you resume your normal lifestyle of getting out there for your mental clearing runs. Yeah, I want to add one example here. I see a, a post that someone's having some minor injuries, but usually good, just really minors. And so a few days of recovery will be fine. But then in the plan, there's a 20 mile, usually that's 20 mile, right? So he said, um, I still have these 20 miles in. So, but I, but I still have this little injury that needs a little rest. But should I just push through the 20 miles? Because everyone's doing 20 miles. Then at this point, recovery takes priority. One run doesn't make or break the whole thing. It's, think about it, you run, during, during the training, you run 500 miles and the race day is 26 miles. So it's 5%. So one one run doesn't really matter that much. It's accumulated build up. If you, however, if you don't do the recovery, you'll get injured. You can, you don't get to the star line at all. So recovery, very important. Yeah, no, thank you for bringing that up. And yeah, super, super important. Um, and it is more of, you know, really crossing that mental threshold of like, you have to run a 20. Technically, you don't have to run a 20, right? Like if you can run 18, you can finish a marathon. We've even seen other folks run less than that and finish a marathon. Um, you know, not that we advocate that from like a training standpoint, but like physically it can be done. Um, all right. So what's the 11th marathon training mistake to avoid? This, this important one, not fueling your runs with proper nutrition. Nutrition means both the gel that whatever you take, the food and electrolytes. You shouldn't just drink water because the sweat is not just water. There's salt and electrolytes in the sweat. If you sweat a lot, and you just drink water, the body's imbalance, fluid imbalance will be broke and broken. That's when you have cramp or even have shock. So don't ignore that. And feel, of course, we run on feel. But also when we run, keep running, keep running, the blood sugar drop low. So the little gel we take will help raise the blood sugar, which is most important to get our brain back to function. Even if you have all the energy in your body, if the brain doesn't work, it doesn't work. And the brain can only use sugar, blood sugar. It doesn't take, we say running burns fat, but the brain doesn't take fat efficiently. So you want to have fuel, you want to have electrolytes. So fueling, no fueling is a problem. So make sure you feel. Yeah, and and Brooke, uh, our registered dietitian and coach on our Healthy Runner uh, team, will be very happy to hear this one uh, because you know the fuel is the spark that we need, right, for our marathon training, and you know these are most critical for those of you who haven't embraced yet fueling your runs, haven't um, started doing that. You know the runs that are most critical is your long run and your speed work you know, mm -hmm. sessions are going to be really needed. If you're doing a shorter run, 
maybe you can get away with that without fuel, but definitely your long runs and your speed work, like Coach Lou said, you know, it's really going to allow you to actually feel confident when you finish these because they won't feel like a slug fest. They won't feel like you're so defeated, like, oh my goodness, 14 miles felt terrible. How am I ever going to run 26.2? Or my legs just like feel like they're giving out. They feel so heavy. And like, these are the things that people say when they're not fueling properly. So, you know, fueling properly for your runs, very critical. I love the fact that you brought up, you know, the, the fueling during the run with gels, the electrolytes. Um, and then I'll also add in there fueling before the run, right? Especially those long right, runs right. and taking your pre-long run fuel you know, making sure you eat something sustainable food that you're practicing because that's what you're going to need to do for your marathon race. Um, right. You know, doing that during your training is going to be super important as well. All right. We're down to the final marathon training mistake to avoid. Get to that's also <laughs> then that's also related to the final phase, the tapering. People have tapering craze because you have all this energy, you cut back on the runs, you get some extra time and extra energy too, because that's time we cut back the strength training as well. And I noticed already noticed a few athletes start to add some extra runs in more than I did, more than I planned. So I quickly called a stop. So, so the mistake is to add some extra miles into workouts, into runs, in the during the tapering phase. The tapering phase, you have extra energy. You want to conserve it. You want to save it so you can use it on the race day. You will feel strange, but that's what how it works. It's a science how it works. And if you if you feel like oh i need to use all this energy then you don't have that on the race day so don't do that please don't do that yeah so don't waste that extra energy right save it yeah. for the race day so the mistake is really you know adding more miles pushing harder during your runs during your tapering phase and you know not embracing the taper and not really you know completing it as it should be and like coach lou said there's science behind this right this is why all you know elite endurance athletes like they taper because the science is true like you basically are allowing our bodies to adapt during the training so we actually are running longer and we're getting more quote-unquote fit right so our fitness is improving but we're going to eventually get to a point where even though our fitness is improving, the training is so hard, we can't give our all. So the whole purpose of the tapering is to actually have this period of recovery. Mm -hmm. So then on race day, we're feeling 100%. So we can give it our all on race day. So I love that one. Um, 12th and final marathon training mistake to avoid is not adding in those extra miles or pushing too hard during your tapering phase. So as we get into the final stretch here, coach, I'm interested to uh, hear your thoughts on this. You know, if you can change one thing about the misconception of marathon training, 
what would that be? You don't have to run every run at marathon pace. It's so common, so common. I see that endless times, especially for people without a coach. So common. And I used to do that too. That end up, you try to run everyone fast. And so you kind of have the same pace for a race day and the easy runs and, and the everyday runs. But if you with the structured program, avoiding all the mistakes we talk about, the easy runs, you run kind of slow, but then the race day, you get, suddenly get two or three minutes faster. That's because you follow all these steps. So don't run all the run at the same speed. You don't have to run everyone at the marathon pace. It, it's a common, it's, it's reasonable. You, you say, oh, I run to, I run, want to run 26 miles at marathon pace. So I just run every run at marathon pace and I get longer and longer and longer and longer. I hope I can get to 26. I see that endless times. It doesn't happen that way. That's exactly when you see people, we come bunk, they go to mile 20 and suddenly there's a huge cramp or just suddenly out of energy and then there's some drop of pace because it just doesn't work that way. All right. I love that one. Yes. All right. I, I, I hear that all the time as well. So thank you for bringing that up. I love it. So guys, just to recap here, um, in this episode, really coach Lou shared with us 12 marathon training mistakes to avoid. I've been taking notes over here. So number one was choosing the plan based on target fitness rather than your own fitness. Number two, comparing yourself to others or even your younger self. Number three, letting peer pressure influence your plan selection or design. Number four, not base building. Number five, not including cutback weeks. Number mm -hmm. six, doing too much speed work, not following that ED20 principle. Number seven, no strength training. Number eight, not listening to the body or being flexible to modify the plan to your unique needs. Number nine, running your easy recovery runs too fast. Number 10, ignoring recovery. Number 11, not fueling your runs with the proper nutrition. And 12, feeling that extra energy and adding more miles or pushing extremely hard during the tapering phase. Those are fantastic. Uh, I, the, guys, if you follow these and you avoid these, you are going to definitely, um, you know, crush your marathon. And if, you know, you're not sure of how to implement all of these 12 mistakes into your marathon training and want to get the structured run plan, strength plan for running, proper mindset, nutrition, recovery, modifications that we talked about before, um, that really Lou talked about, then you can get the full support from our Healthy Runner coaching team. Um, you can simply check out our coaching program by going to learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash coaching, or click the link in the show notes that I have for you. And don't forget to download your free how to grow as a runner roadmap that I talked about today. So you can start implementing all of those principles into your training. Um, and you got you, you have to implement guys. Now that you listen to this, right? You took that first step. So we need to actually implement this. Don't just listen to us, like actually do it. 
And if you've got anything out of today's training, if this was eye-opening, you learned something, please copy the link, share it with a runner you know who is embarking on their marathon training journey so we can help more runners be able to cross that 26.2 finish line feeling stronger and more confident. And honestly, most importantly, I want our community to be able to enjoy lifelong injury-free running. So thank you in advance for doing that. Coach Lou, as always, thank you so much for taking your time to come back on the show, educating our running community about these common marathon mistakes to avoid. My pleasure. And thank you to the listener, whether you're listening to this during a run, hopefully you're crushing that run, listening and following these tips, or if you're watching the video version in our Spark Healthy Runner YouTube channel, I see you guys and I appreciate you. If you like this training, then you'll surely like the next. If you're listening on the podcast, queue up episode 159 to learn all about how to grow as a runner in six easy steps. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, just click the video that I have for you here. Let's maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and let's just keep on running. Until next time. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Healthy Runner Podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. If you found this content valuable, here's five ways we can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of our six steps to growing as a runner framework at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash grow. Two, follow our Instagram page at sparkhealthyrunner.com. Three, join our free group by searching Healthy Runner in Facebook. Four, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash spark healthy runner. Five, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more experts in the running field and bring those lessons and trainings back here right to you. Don't forget, hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or the follow button on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode of Healthy Runner so you can maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and just keep running. Lastly, if you've been struggling with the constant injury cycle, not eating the right foods for running, or not getting faster as a runner, and you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner, head to sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash coaching to apply for our one-on-one signature coaching program. Thank you again. I really, truly mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening and sharing this podcast with a running friend who can use the help. Now go and crush your run today. See you next week.